First up, for all visionaries, newcomers, and guests, an invitation this Thursday, Hi. November 28th, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, a Vision for You second hour will be host to an entire hour of a gr- Attitude of Gratitude meeting in honor of the day. And please join us. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 26, 2013. And today we are reading from the big book. You'll find us in the front of the book, in the forward to the first edition, Roman numeral XIII, the third paragraph, beginning with When Writing and Speaking. And today's readers are on the 12 steps, Crystal. 12 traditions will be Daia, Marita, Du, Katie, and Paula. The share ID number for yesterday's meeting, that's Monday, November 25th, is 5523. That's 5523. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Crystal to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning. This is Crystal, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them 
or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, thoughts of prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. A pass. Thank you, Crystal. I will now call on Daiya to read the 12 Traditions. Uh, good morning. I'm Daiya, a recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our commonwealth has should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its purpose to, I'm sorry, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be full of self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. NAN, OA, as such, are never be organized, but we may create service board uh, committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And Tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Daiya. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked 
to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the front on the forward to the first edition. That's Roman numeral XIII. We're on the third paragraph this morning, beginning with When Writing and Speaking. And I will ask Marita to begin reading, please. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Marita, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Virginia. When writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism, we urge each of our fellowship to omit his personal name, designating himself instead as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be greatly handicapped. So in the forward to the first edition, they're, um, they're introducing the book, and uh, at this point they're giving us one of our founding principles, this idea that we are anonymous. I mean, it's very important. It's the title of the book. And from the book it turns into the name of the group. Um, so this concept of anonymity is right there at the core of it. And um, it's in our traditions. Daia was reading uh, Tradition 11, and I was thinking, there it is, anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, etc. And then it's in um, our Tradition 12 where it says, this is the basis of all of our traditions, that we are to be anonymous and not allow personalities to trump principles. And I, I really think the a, a part of the principle of anonymity is humility, this ability to let go of my need for aggrandizement, my, you know, ego-feeding proposition that I'm really cool because I do this, and instead just let God's work shine through. You know, we are to be attractions, not out there promoting and, and uh, getting up on our soapbox and, and uh, beating our chest, you know. I mean, that's, that is one of the hallmarks of this program is how truly humble these people were when they were presenting this material and how we all get to carry that same sense of this is not about me. This is not me at all. It's all about God, God working through each of us and and gifting each of us with this with this miracle of recovery. Thanks so much for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Marita. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Kim. Kim, and I heard another voice as well. Do? And do. Okay. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I think it's important we go over this idea of anonymity because I think in the fellowship we've kind of warped this idea. So from the get-go, they're telling us 
why do we need to be anonymous? Why are they asking us to admit our, our, our last, our personal name when talking as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous? Why are we asking the press to do the same? And that paragraph we read yesterday says, at present, to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Because at this point, there's 100 recovered people between Akron, Ohio, and New York. And they're anticipating this great, great outreach from this book. So let's look what happens. I'm going to jump ahead to the forward to the second edition. This book comes out in the spring of 1939. In the fall of 1939, in, in, then the editor of The Liberty printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God, and that brought 800 frantic inquiries. Well, what if, what if that named specific people? What if that named Bill and Bob? And that all those 800 people only wanted to speak to Bill and Bob. Would they be able to be effective? And then in the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller had a dinner and had some members of AA speak at that dinner. And they had 2,000 inquiries by March of 1941. What if they only wanted to speak to those people who spoke at the dinner? And then in um, in March of 1941, Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post, and by the close of 1941, 8,000 members. The mushrooming process had begun. So the purpose of anonymity is to allow the fellowship to be more effective so that people don't zone in on one person and think they have to find that person. They're going to approach Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole. They're not going to have any stars. And also, too, that that person will not be identified with the fellowship in case they go back into the drink. And then people will say, AA doesn't work. That is the purpose of anonymity. So we need to think about that. How do we use anonymity? We often use anonymity to hide from each other. This is not about us hiding from each other. When Jim was in trouble, the fellowship knew about it and they went to help Jim. Yet often, none of us know each other's last names. We're not sharing when other people are in trouble. We're using it to hide from our families. We're afraid of, of on a phone call, leaving a certain message. Because you know why? And I, this is my personal feeling, because I didn't know how long LA was going to work this time. I don't want my family knowing I was trying it again, because I only get a couple months and I go back in the food. So, and the other thing is I always stress, what are we doing in these meetings? We're carrying the message. We save the message for the meeting and the mess for our sponsor. But so often we dump in the meeting and then we say, anonymity, nobody can tell my stuff. I'm going to dump all my crap here and because of anonymity I'm safe to dump my crap and nobody can bust me on it. Nobody can challenge me. So I think it's important as we look at this, what is the purpose of anonymity? The purpose of anonymity is to make them more effective at carrying the message to the outside. Anonymity is not something we use inside the fellowship. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Do your turn. Good morning. This is Do, um, recovering compulsive overeater um, from New York. Uh, thank you very much, Leah. I really love this um, passage also because. You know, it's really important to understand the physical aspect of anonymity. There's a spiritual aspect and there's a physical one. And this is the physical one where it's saying that when writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism, 
we omit our personal names and instead we uh, designate ourselves members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it says uh, we ask the press also to observe this request. And then um, just to back up a little bit, it says it's important that we remain anonymous. Why? Because at the time there was too few people to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. And I just wanted to touch on a little bit about what those personal appeals were. And, um, you know, when I was reading this, I was like, wow, you know, it's so good to reflect on on some of the history that goes along with this. Uh, In the 12 and 12 on page 180, it describes what was going on during that time. And it says, um, throughout the world, immense and favorable publicity of every description has been the principal means of bringing alcoholics into our fellowship. So they were using the publicity, you know, the rest, uh, the the radio, the the um, public press, the television, and this is what um, some some of the comments were. In AA offices, clubs, and homes, telephones ring constantly. One voice says, "I read a piece in the newspaper." Another, "We heard it on the radio program," and still another, "We saw a movie picture," and we saw something about AA on television. It is no exaggeration to say that half AA's members have been led um, to us through the channels like this. But now this is this is why they instill this tradition in here. Because um, notice this. It says, the inquiring voices are not all alcoholics or their families. And then check out what it says about the doctors and the clergies and people that are not part of AA. It says doctors read medical papers about Alcoholics Anonymous and call for more information. Clergymen see articles in their church journals and also make inquiries. Employees learn that great corporations have set their approval upon us, which we discover what we have done about alcoholism in their own firms. And here's the key. This is where they instill this tradition. It says, therefore, a great responsibility fell upon us to develop the best possible public relations policy for Alcoholics Anonymous. Through many painful experiences, we think we have arrived at the policy ought to be. It is the opposite in many ways of usual promotional practices. So they're not promoting Um, we found that we had to rely on the principle of attraction rather than promotion. The overwhelming response that these people had from the public press, from television, from radio, was overwhelming. People were coming in in great numbers asking, and not all of them were alcoholics. Not all of them understood the principle of the program, the principles what 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 we're governing. And I love what Tim said, you know, about the fact that the best possible way to help other alcoholics was to stay anonymous, you know, from these um, other people that weren't part of the group. And so this is what helps us today, you know, that, that we we prom- uh, we don't promote it but we are an attraction to each other. We help each other because we understand each other's disease. We have one common problem and one common solution. And so 
the fellowship that was developed was AA for Alcoholics Anonymous. They were just like we are uh, compulsive overeaters today. You know, we, we keep it within the group um, because not a lot of people are going to understand our program. And, and that was one of the reasons that, um, that they instituted this tradition. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Do. Anyone else like to comment on these paragraphs that were read? Hi, this is Melanie. Go ahead, Melanie. I recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. Thank you, Leah. Um, just debating on whether or not it was important to say anything, but the second paragraph says, we earnestly, very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be greatly handicapped. And we've talked about here this morning um, one handicap, you know, maybe too many people coming in and couldn't handle the load and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, we're, we're basically businessmen and women, and that would in- interfere with our working. What does that even mean? And so what I look at is another aspect of that, another implication of what that could possibly mean. And it certainly doesn't say here, but it's an idea that I had, and, you know, I'm oftentimes wrong, but here it goes. The other side of that in terms of what I see is that um, I'm pretty ego-driven, and if I'm going to get a lot of attention towards me, next thing I'm going to be wanting building hospitals, and I'm going to want to be on television, I'm going to want to have my name up in neon lights. So there's another implication here. Outside of so many people coming in and we can't handle them, because I think God can manage that sort of thing, but I have also an ego. And so that parlays into the idea that I have a singleness of purpose, that I am a compulsive overeater, and that's it. I'm not an addict in here. I'm not a druggie. I'm not a foodie. I'm not a sugary. I'm a compulsive overeater that keeps me focused on one singleness of purpose that brings me a bridge to draw you to me and me to you and that sort of idea. And I think that looks like something um, that could fit in this particular paragraph as well in terms of press and how I might be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or an Indian chief so I'm better than he or thee. And that has to be absolutely smashed in my mind because I use that huge ego to try to get on in this world and it failed me miserably. Remember, we hear in these rooms that we're we're building our way up to low self-esteem because that's where I was. And how did I do that? By thinking I was better than somebody else. And that would be a part of that part for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Melanie. Anyone else before we move on? And I'll take that as a no. Let's move on to the next paragraph with do, please. Good morning. This is Stu, still recovering compulsive reader. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no dues or fees whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We're not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. Well, this is awesome because... This is the actual preamble that we use as an introduction to our meetings. And it's the statement of purpose, the purpose why we are here, you know. And um, I love the fact that, you know, this is not an organization in the conventional sense because there are no leaders, there's no um, real organization, um, you know, where where we have uh, a governing body where, we have um, cer- certain people stipulating certain things over us. 
they made it very, very general, so everyone would be included. Um, and here it talks about there are no dues or fees whatsoever. Um, there's, there's the membership uh, uh, does not require that you pay a fee, like some organizations or clubs or um, places that you would be a member of. So it's, it's telling right from the bat, this is free. This is free for anyone that, that desires it. But there is a requirement, you know, and the only requirement is an honest desire to stop drinking, you know, or for us is to stop compulsive overeating. And, you know, and I love that because it, it opens the way for a person like me to have an opportunity to come into this program and really seek the help that I need you know, without worrying about all the other stuff that goes along with memberships or organizations. And then I also like the fact that it says we're not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. And, you know, and that frees me up to, I mean, come in with all my baggage and just lay myself at this program, at the feet of this program, and really get what the program offers, which is recovery. And, you know, and if I had to worry about, oh, but, you know, this is, um, this, uh, I, I, I oppose this religion or I oppose this person and I'm really not in conjunction with this thing or that thing, um, I probably would not be here. You know, I probably would not be here. And so I, I, I really appreciate the fact that when they decided to, um, outline these traditions, you know, for the organization, they really made it possible for everyone to be included into this program. And I, I just love it. Um, and I see the traditions here. I see Tradition 7 where it says um, there are no boosties whatsoever. So that's every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. And then I see... Um, tradition three, the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. And then there's tradition 10, we're not allied with any particular uh, faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we wish to oppose anyone. And then there's tradition five, where, you know, every um, AA group uh, is to help those that are um, afflicted with um, alcoholism. And, you know, and I see all the traditions here working in this preamble and this introduction to help us, you know, the purpose why we're here, you know, it's, it's to recover, is to have a hope and to have a safe place to come to where we can really look at our stuff, you know, without having to worry about all the stuff that goes along with membership, um, Again, the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking, and I absolutely love that. With that, I pass. Thank you, Do. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, this is Janice. Hi, Leah. Hi. Good morning, Janice. Go right ahead. Thank you so much, Leah. This is um, my name is Janice M, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm just going to dissect that sentence. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. 
Well, in our case, it's compulsive overeating. So OA to me is made up of two parts. It's a fellowship. It's not an organization where there's leaders. I mean, we have leaders. We have to have leaders for to organize the group, and thank God we do. But this is a fellowship where everyone is equal. So you are welcome as long as you say that you are a compulsive overeater. Anybody is welcome, okay? And you're a member if you, if you say you are, you know. That is for, in the fellowship. OA is made up of a fellowship of people for support, which is very, very important. I mean, as a recovered compulsive overeater, I couldn't take what I, my experience and then just go off by myself. I need every single one of you. So that's what it means for membership. But the other part is the spirit of recovery. And this is what it means for me, an honest desire to stop compulsive overeating. What does that mean to me? That means that I'm not just going to have the desire to stop until I get to a certain weight, or let me say I'm going to stop until Thanksgiving, and then I'll pick up at Thanksgiving, and then I'll start again. See, the honest desire to stop, the word is stop. And in order for me to stop, I can't do it myself because I've been around many years. I, I could never do it myself until I got into the other part, which is the program of recovery. And then I was able to stop because I found the power that helped me to stop. And that is working these 12 steps. So, I mean, you could sit in OA, the, the rooms for years, and just always be a member and just have the support. But in order to honestly desire to stop, I had to go through the program of recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Yes, Bella. Go ahead. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Leah, for leading this meeting, and thank you, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph because it's a paragraph with hope. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. Wow, so first of all, there is no excuses. I cannot find any excuses to be part of this fellowship. I cannot say, oh, I would love to be in the in this fellowship, but I am not in the same religion, or I don't live in the same place, or I am not uh, um, any educational level. There is nothing, no excuse. I can be part of this fellowship. Um, what is the only... Um, what is the only requ requirement to be honest? And this is the basis of the program. Till now, my life was very much dishonest. I was living in a deny. I wanted to run away from myself and from people and from everything. My life was, is, was a mask. I wanted to put a mask on my face and Oh, I am the most happy and wonderful person. Not anymore. The requirement is to be honest, to be honest with myself and to be honest with God. Yes, I want to change my life. I want to change to 
a meaningful life and to be able to live in a meaningful life and to have a, a, a meaningful life and to, to go out from my own jail is to be honest, to be honest with myself and with God. And here it says, um, we simply wish to be helpful. We are not doing your job, but, but we are here to help you. We are here to help each other if we are willing to get help. If we are willing to, to, to say, yes, I need help. And this is all about this program, to be honest. And the, the, the program will teach us, will give us the tools how to be honest, what means to be honest. We just have to, to show that we are willing to learn the tools. And by this I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Like this comment? is Paula. May I share? Yes, Paula. Go ahead. Thank you. You know, this is the forward. This is the very beginning, and we know the word forward, which honestly I'd never looked up totally. To help. Onward. To hasten. To send. Forwarding. To transmit. What are we transmitting here? As was shared, a program of attraction. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. Look at the word afflicted. I once was afflicted. Now I am recovered, both ending with ED, both meaning a life lived. But I'm going to just go back, go forward to a place in the big book on 89, working with others. And yet, what do we see here? Working with others. But I'm going to go to the bottom line there. To be helpful is our only aim. So, my friends, here we learn to aim well. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you so much. Anyone else? This is Leah. I'll offer a comment uh, on we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. Um, Referring to Tradition 5, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Um, You know, we wish to be helpful. We've had a very specific experience, those of us um, that are real compulsive overeaters and who have uh, the blessing to be recovered. Um, we've had a spiritual awakening as a result of this program of recovery. Uh, we've had a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And now we have a responsibility and an obligation and a duty. And certainly it's a great pleasure to carry the message. And we're very focused on that message. There's a specific aim and goal and objective to this whole program and to the whole reason why we gather together every morning and study these pages. And our chief responsibility to the newcomer is an adequate presentation of the program. Now, the environment to which we do that, you know, there's a few ways we can do that. We can do that in meetings. Uh, We can do that one-on-one uh, certainly, these pages of the big book uh, are a 12-step call, essentially. Um, and there are traditions that uh, 
guide us, to save us from ourselves. We've been commenting on some of these traditions listed here. These traditions, they're not hindering technicalities. They were hammered out by recovered people, and they are proven guides towards the chief objective of all AA groups, which is, again, to provide and be responsible to the newcomer and offer an adequate presentation of the program of recovery. So these traditions that we review this morning, um, they're essentially sacrifices that each and every one of us who make a part of a group have to make. We have to make sacrifices individually and collectively if our groups are going to stay alive and be healthy. So individually, um, you know, ego deflation is the, is the game individually as we uh, surrender ourselves individually to the steps and to a higher power greater than ourselves as we understand him individually and as a group and as a group to surrender ourselves and submit to these traditions. And again, they're not hindering technicalities. They are proven guides towards uh, developing and maintaining healthy groups. And you know what? They're rooted in love. They're rooted in love. Because if we truly understand that if there's no you, there's no me, uh, they will be um, something we desire and that we pursue individually and as a group together. Uh, so it's a, it's a beautiful um, thing, these traditions. They allow us to be unified and they allow us to, again, uh, work towards Tradition 5, that each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment before we move on to the next paragraph? Crystal. Crystal, go ahead, please. Good morning. This is Crystal, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We are not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. All are welcome. The road is broad. We are inclusive, not exclusive. And being recovered is for anyone who has an honest desire to stop. And for me, my honest desire was developed in step zero. This is where I came to the end of myself. I surrendered. And I had the honest desire to seek a solution. With no argument, either verbally or in my head, I just followed directions. And they wanted no roadblocks to anyone. They wanted all to come who also had the honest desire to stop drinking. I pass. Thank you, Crystal. Anyone else? Okay, let's move on to the next couple of paragraphs, please, with Katie. Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive ovary in Virginia. Uh, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book. 
particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful to such cases. Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcome. Alcoholics Anonymous. And I think it's um, interesting that they invite this inquiry of scientific, medical, and religious societies, but it does not ever affect the uh, first 164 pages of the book. Um, they, you know, had an open mind to um, to growing, but they did not have to change their beliefs. This is not, um, you know, once they came through with all these, um, with with this program of recovery, it has not changed. Um, and that's the same, you know, message I have today for my recovery, that what I did um, to get abstinent 26 years ago is the same way I live my life today. You know, I handle Thanksgiving, I handle stress, I handle um, whatever happens in my life the, the way I learned to do it in the beginning. And, you know, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results. You know, thank goodness, uh, you know, we our technology has expanded so much that, you know, some the tradition of not using our names or faces, I mean, we do not, um, you know, purposely get on and, you know, spend you know, try to get to be on Oprah or something so that we can be publicized, but but there's just so many ways that uh, a person's name could get out there that they are a member of this community. But the idea that we are not um, the leaders, we are not, you know, we are humble servants. That's what we are in this program. We are all on the same footing. We are all at the same level. We don't ever graduate, and we don't ever become above uh, the rules and above what um, what you know has brought us to this place of recovery. And you know, for me, I I don't have to look at any scientific, medical, or religious societies um, to find a different solution. Uh, I do, you know, practice my uh, spirituality that I was brought up with, but it has never been to the point where I thought I didn't need this program too. And so I'm just so grateful that, you know, these pre previous paragraphs that were read, I mean, it's all about the traditions, and, you know, they had such a singleness of purpose from the very beginning. And I just am so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Uh, this is Carrie. I'd like to share. Yes. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, I would uh, like to uh, make reference to that last sentence. The inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. And I have just begun sponsoring and in um, reading the chapter, Working with Others, I found it interesting that it said ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of our own 
experience, we can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. And for me, you know, I have tendencies to put myself in a separate category and 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 do criticize the medical society for what they do. And and even though it says we aren't allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, um, we we still can uh, learn much from ministers, and they are competent and. And um, as long as we cooperate and never criticize, um, and it also goes on to say, to be helpful is our only aim, which is what was just said here. We simply wish to be helpful. Uh, so uh, thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Star one to unmute. This is Sharon. May I share? Yes, Sharon. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Leah. Leah, I'm sorry. Thank you for your service and welcome to everyone out on the line. And um, it's just amazing to me that um, as we read through these final paragraphs on this forward to the first edition, um, you know, I <laughs> I didn't realize how they correlated with the traditions that are in the back of the book and that uh, Bill wrote to traditions to make that collective unity and singleness of purpose be as strong under God's power and strength as the steps are to us individually. And so, again, I am humbled. Um, and I I remember early on one of my very first Sponsors many many years ago, after being with her for a while, and um, you know, uh, being totally into my ego and my self-centeredness, um, she finally said, "Sharon, you're finally teachable." And um, I think that is the beginning of humility when I am willing to lay down everything I think I know and uh, what I think I need to have uh, convince you that you need to know. And um, just learn to trust and rely on God so that this ego may be defeated, defeated, defeated within me. It may decrease. And then um, I receive this amazing gift of God's grace and power that may increase in my heart and mind so that I do remain uh, teachable uh, to live this program. And I loved what someone else shared about the uh, being afflicted versus recovered, and that our single purpose is to be helpful, is only to be helpful to those who are coming in the door that are still suffering, and it is rooted in love. So thank you so much, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Anyone else? Mrs. Leah, um, I'll just comment on a couple things that pop out at me here. It says, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book. Again, the text is very clear. Um, There is a specific objective and goal to us gathering together. (laughs) Although we may enjoy one another on the line and have some laughs, and certainly we're earnest um, about what we are doing, 
Um, and there's all kinds of atmospheres. You know, there's an atmosphere on this phone line. There's an atmosphere in your face-to-face meetings in your neighborhood. Uh, there's atmospheres at retreats and conventions and conferences. But the whole purpose of these atmospheres and environments and the whole reason that we come together is to encourage and support one another as we individually seek a God of our understanding. And when we each individually surrender and submit ourselves to this process of the steps, there is a promise of a result. And they're not shy about that. In fact, the very title page introduced us to those results. Remember the title page, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism in our case, of course, compulsive overeating, those are very specific results that we're talking about. Now, of course, we're not cured, but we have a daily reprieve based contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. But there is no qualms about it. There is a specific goal, and that is to be recovered. And the big book uses recovered because that word shows, illustrates a complete change in one's attitude. And it is an advertisement to the still-suffering alcoholic or the still-suffering compulsive overeater that I no longer have the illness I used to have, that there has been a transformation, that I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. That's the result of this work. The compulsive overeater who still suffers out there, who's, still on, who's on the line this morning, deserves no less from me. And it's not a statement that those of us that are recovered make out of pride or out of arrogance or out of cockiness. I'm humbled by the clear knowledge that I was unable to accomplish this on my own, that I had to surrender completely and admit that I was powerless, and only then could I begin to find, to seek, to know, to have a relationship with the power that has caused my recovery. Now, once that process has occurred, it goes on to say we should like to be helpful. You know, once I've had a spiritual awakening, once we've had that result of the program of recovery, that process, that result has to manifest itself in service. That's the very nature of our transformed self. It should ooze out of us, bubble out of us, because now we're in union with our Creator. So those that are recovered become a source of solace and a source of service to the community. And of course, that is an attraction, and it attracted the scientific field, the medical field, and the religious societies. And if you take a few minutes in your own spare time, you can read in the back all the endorsements that came forth as a a result of recovery. It touched those who were in fields of medicine and science, men and women who stood helpless, powerless by the bedsides of alcoholics, now watched and witnessed how um, 
a relationship with God was able to revolutionize and transform these alcoholics. And of course, it, uh, you know, um, made impressions on metal men of medicine and and the clergymen and all those endorsements can be found in the back of the text. Is this possible for Overeaters Anonymous as well? <laughs> I I hope so. I believe so. That has been my experience. Yes, that has been my personal experience and please God it should continue. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we close our meeting this morning? This is Janice. Janice, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. Good morning, anybody who's new here on the line. You know, I I don't know if you're anything like me, but I've often wondered, why did they include this in every printing? What is it in this forward to the first edition that they found so significant and so important that they wanted to keep repeating this message? Every printing of this book, it's included. You know, and the things that are important to me are the fact that there is only one requirement for membership, that honest desire to stop drinking. And to put that out there, that this is what we are, this is who we are, and this is what we do. This is what we do. You know, love and tolerance is our code, is what the big book teaches. And it starts right here at the very beginning. Right here, the very beginning. So any inquiries, the scientific and the medical and religious societies are welcomed because love and tolerance is our code. And we do, we do, thank God. Thank you, Leah, for reminding me that we have a goal and a purpose and an aim and an intent. And what is it? It's, it's to help each other. It's to show you how I have been transformed and then help you in whatever way I can because guess what? It's what keeps me in that loop because I was this selfish person, self-sufficient person, and I would always be on the outside of that loop. But this ensures that I'm going to stay in that loop, that loop of recovery, that giving back what I've been giving ensures my immunity today. It ensures that I stay in this place of spiritual experience, this place of spiritual awakening. And so this this is a precious forward to the first edition for me. It's been the same since 1939 when this book was printed. These same words appear in every edition of this book. That we are not allied with any anyone other than ourselves, that's where we keep our focus. That's where we keep our energies going. But we take it out into the world because we need to be seen. We need people to know about us. We need to spread that message to the still still suffering. But we get to be here with each other and learn from what this book has to offer us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Janice, and thank you to everyone who has shared this morning and participated in the meeting. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Paula, would you please read a vision for you? 
that I would. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.